began so long ago with a band of Queen's Park men. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Spiders Talk podcast. It's David Blair, Enzo Tamarini, Calum Stewart back again this week. If you're back again with us, uh, I think I said at the beginning of last week as well, it was a well done then. If you're back this week, a massive thank you to you. Not really sure why, um, but we're going to have to talk briefly about the 4-0 collapse to Partick Thistle on Friday night there. Um, we'll see how it's obviously going to set us up with the rest of the league because there's games tonight on Tuesday evening that are going to have an impact on us. And of course, we need to look ahead. Another Friday night game, Aquaview, it'll be the visit of Hamilton. Um, well, did you guys manage to have a, a nice weekend after Friday night? Did, did you guys up to get up to anything good over Bank Holiday weekend? Went outside for a bit. Did some, did some anything other than thinking about the football. I uh, logged myself out from Pine Bovril, managed to avoid Twitter for a few days. Um, aside, aside from Friday, I, it was it was actually not too bad. Um, but yeah, Friday, <laughs> Friday was terrible. I had a really nice day out before it. Thought the atmosphere from everyone um, at the start of the game was brilliant. There was a good crowd. Everything was going pretty well until we decided to actually try and play football. So, aye, not too bad. Aye, that's that's that probably sums up how a lot of people's experience was on Friday. Um, good bit of build up, fair few pints, um, and, and a decent wee day out. And, and it was obviously a, a lovely afternoon, really nice and sunny, quite warm too, considering considering it's April in Scotland. Um, I didn't actually so. Over the past few weeks when we've had these really disappointing results, I have done the same thing where I've went on like kind of self-imposed Twitter bans and stuff like that. But I didn't do it this week because, to be honest with you, as disappointing as that result was, I had already accepted before Friday that, that we weren't going to win the league anymore after the after the Wraith game. Um, but it, it doesn't change how, how much of a, a disappointment that all was on Friday. So... Yeah, David, you say we have to talk about it. I mean, I don't know if we necessarily do, but I suppose it might be worth sort of recapping what happened before swiftly moving on to to see where that where that leaves us now with with just a few games to go. Yeah, we're we'll try and make this as painless as possible. I mean, let me just reiterate as well: three for three on the day out before it. Um, absolutely brilliant, and you know, got to enjoy it. Um, went and met some non-footballing friends myself uh, earlier in the afternoon, and then. Got up to the, the Star and Garter for a couple in there. Good atmosphere there. Uh, yeah, afterwards was messy, but let's, maybe I could talk about that later on. Let's Yeah, let's get the game out of the way. Let's try and get fired through it as quickly as possible. So there were two changes to the starting lineup against Partick Thistle from the previous week. One was obviously in force where Charlie Fox was sent off. So Stephen Eze came in as, you know, I think we all expected he would at centre-half. And you had Josh McPake dropping to the bench again as well. And Anne Healy came in and starting left mid. So, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I've done it every other week. Why not? Very quickly, the whole 11, ferrying goals. Oakley, Kilday, Eze, Robson, Thompson, Boateng, Healy, Savory, Thomas, Shields. From there, <laughs> from there... um. Well, actually, before we record this, obviously, we take our notes as always, always go back and read through, like, the BBC, I'll read our match reports, I'll look elsewhere and everything. I haven't really bothered doing that this week, because really all you need to do is actually look at the QP Twitter feed, and I think there's two updates during the first half, and one of them is uh, for a yellow card. I think the other one's for a Callum Ferry save. And then into the second half, 
there's actually one only one tweet throughout the entire game of us making any kind of effort on goal. It was a a, a Dom Thomas cross just not long after going one nil down early in the second half. Aside from that, it was it was just all goal updates. Um, first half was fine. Like it wasn't like it wasn't bad. You know, we were we were competing in the game. We were we were there. The second half though, it took what three minutes to go one nil down, and those first two. I mean, the first two goals are pretty much like carbon copies of each other, and it's just some good passing on like uh, our left back kind of position um, between the Thistle players. And the first one is finished by Kevin Holt, and the second one is by Kyle Turner. But, um, well, Cal, I'm going to have to come to you because Enzo's already told us he hasn't even gone back and watched the goals yet. So you watched them. I'm not them. going to. <laughs> and I don't blame you for that, but Callum, you and I have put ourselves through it. We've watched the goals back. Like, wh- where where do you start with those two in particular before we look on to where we really just completely gave up? They're the kind of goals that. You almost got used to us scoring. There was a lot of very decent passing and give Thistle their dues. I thought the second goal, you can pick out all the defensive errors in it that you want, but they, they still needed to put that all together. I thought it was a really, really fantastic goal. Um but for the for the first one it was it was really disappointing as he steps up. I don't know if he's trying to play him offside or if he's just sort of running towards the ball because it's in front of him, but that obviously leaves a gap for the guy who then cuts it across. Pretty straightforward goal. Second one, tons and tons of really decent play. And it's just the kind of thing that we're not doing anymore. And when you when you look back at the the previous games this season and how we've played generally, you might concede one or two of those goals, but you'd almost think there's a chance of us scoring three. And the biggest concern for me more than anything is we've had defensive lapses the entirety of this season, right? So even when we were on winning runs, we've we've had poor defensive periods, a lot of goals conceded from sloppy play, et cetera, et cetera. But we were always creating hundreds of chances and putting away enough of them to get us through these games. There was nothing. And you, you mentioned it there, David, that up until half time we looked all right. And it's all right in the context of the previous three, four games being pretty guff. Like it's, it's not all right in the context of if you're actually wanting to go out and win that game because we created nothing um, for the entirety of the first half other than a few sort of half chances and that's where my biggest concern is I I sort of mentioned this last week that when you lose games you want to be able to point to the areas where it's like okay there's a problem here maybe we can switch things about but it's like for me at this stage it looks like a fundamental mindset collapse um, more than anything everybody looks dejected there's no real leadership from anyone and after they scored the first goal and especially after they scored the second you knew there wasn't a chance that we were coming back into it which is aye it's frustrating in the context of what we've seen these guys do because I am loath to go fully sort of tin hats on in this kind of scenario because we are still wildly ahead of where I thought we'd be this season or have the ability to be near so you need to keep that in context but We've seen these guys do it f- through this season and it's just it's difficult to kind of put your finger on why it's fell apart the way it has. And it's not just the past three. It's easy to kind of look at the past three games and the fact that we haven't scored a single goal, but it, it goes back a little further than that, doesn't it? I mean, we had, we had to rely on an own goal in the 70-odd minute 
to just beat Cove Rangers. Do you know what I mean? And yes, we we came back against uh, against Inverness, but but the truth is we haven't looked anywhere near as threatening for for quite a wee while now. I mean, the the guys that we've relied on all season to to just turn up and to to create some sometimes out of nothing brilliant opportunities. Guys like Savory and and Thomas, it's easy. To, you know, I don't want to necessarily make them the scapegoats, but they, it's easy to focus in on the two of them because they, they've looked totally off it for for quite a long time now, and and Friday was unfortunately no 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 exception to that. I mean, um, I did think that at half time we looked a little bit. I I think we looked as though we were a little bit more comfortable with ourselves and 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 the way that we were trying to play. It looked as though there was at least a kind of semblance of. Of an idea there, even though I agree that it wasn't good compared to, you know, two or three months ago. But I think it was good compared to two or three weeks ago anyway. But obviously it wasn't to be. And, and the minute this was scored, actually, yeah, even at 1-0, I think I think we all knew it just it wasn't happening again. I, I, I didn't think we'd go on and concede four, if I'm being completely honest with you. But the heads went down. The heads went down and uh, it was just there was, there was never any real, real hope that unfortunately we, we could bring that back. The heads were certainly down and it was some more calamitous defending for the third and the fourth goals. I mean, the third goal, there's, I don't know, there seems to be like two or three different Thistle players get a shot away in and around our box. I don't know, is that one of these ones where you, when you're down and you're like, just nothing breaks your way because it seemed like every single loose ball there just fell to another Thistle player for a shot. It was eventually finished by um, Mullen, wasn't it? Um, in the 85th minute to make that one 3-0. And then, right, right at the death, ninety-second minute, the worst of the lot. Um, I don't really know again what's going on. Like, Lethal Day nearly, Lethal Day really scores. Calm Ferry somehow keeps it out, and then it comes back to Lethal Day, and I don't know why he headers it back into the box. Like for me, that just seems like a ridiculous place to put a ball anyway. Um, but he's then absolutely not helped out by Stephen Ezzy, who, for some reason, seems to think he has about forty-five minutes to. Chest the ball, flick it up, I don't know, another overhead kick attempt. I'm not really sure what, but that's hope, isn't it, that makes that one 4-0. Um, just nips in right in front of him and takes it off of Ezzy's toes, finishes it from close range. Just, what what, what else is there to say, really? Um, you said that you took notes before this, David. I did the same when I was watching the highlights because I left after three and I missed four. And my notes on three read absolute embarrassment, everyone standing still. And my notes on four mean read absolute embarrassment times a hundred. It was like <laughs> it was so, so bad. Every, every aspect, especially that fourth goal, was just a team that had completely given up um in every sense of the word. And Thistle deserved to beat us by that much. That's it's not even like they just kind of took their chances. They were just better than us from back to front. And when you look at how we've played against us this year, I mean we could uh, walk away from that game and uh with scraping a win and that's us done four for four. Um and the contrast in how we've played against them for the rest of the season is crazy. Uh I think probably you need to give some credit to to Dylan coming in. He's clearly had quite an impact for them, but for our players to kind of turn into what what they have in the last few games is is a wee bit worrying. I don't know what you guys think. Like, obviously, when Simon Murray left, right, we were all raging and a wee bit concerned. Then we signed Shields and we seen him play, and he had a really really good start for the club. 
do you think now that things have kind of turned a wee sour patch both the football inside of Murray's play and perhaps the leadership side of him he was a captain he's clearly quite a charismatic guy do you think that's having more of an impact than what we might think? It's it's a difficult one to really it's a difficult one to say for sure because obviously yes we miss Murray's goals but to be honest with you like, we also miss the output that we were seeing from Connor Shields in his first four games you know he scored four goals in his first four games and he looked every bit as threatening as Murray the concern obviously and and, and the problem now is that the the real heartbeat of this team which is the creativity that we have in the midfield and, and out wide especially guys and, and again i'm singling them out but it's because they have been so important for us that this is this is also you know me highlighting how vital their performances were early on in the season for us thomas and savory they've not been stepping up in recent weeks and and that could have happened i mean could that have happened when murray was still here is, is it possible that we could find ourselves in this situation without murray i think it is to be honest with you because if the two of them fell away then the same would be in the same scenario where Murray wouldn't be getting any service, just like just like Shields isn't. But what we don't know is the behind the scenes of it. Do you know what I mean? Murray's leadership would Murray's leadership have let those guys have this kind of slump? Like, would their heads have gone down this way, or would he have found a way to pick them back up before it got to this stage? The honest answer to that is nobody knows, other than the guys that are that are in that dressing room week in week out. Yeah, I mean, I I think it is kind of easy now to now that we are in that rough patch, as you say, to to point to Simon Murray's departure and go, that's what's caused it. And losing him, whether it's his fault, whether it's the backroom staff, whatever, whatever went on to have that transfer happen, it's easy now to sit and point a finger there. And it almost looks like it is, you know, looking for a scapegoat and everything. I think, I do think there is something there. I know for a fact that I was very angry on Friday night and, and I was certainly, to anybody that listens to me, I was blaming pretty much everybody involved that with that transfer has perhaps caused this. But, Enzo, you're also absolutely right there. It's it's also, you can see it with the, the lack of what Shields has had in the last few weeks. It's that lack of service and it's that complete, that complete kind of falling away of the way that we have played for the first, you know, for the best part of the first 28 games of the season where we have been a free-flowing attacking team we had been scoring goals for fun we were top goal scorers in the league by quite a distance for a good few weeks now you've actually got Partick Thistle scored the same amount of goals as us Air are now only one behind us and Dundee um, have also scored 54 we've scored 58 so you know now these other teams are catching up because we've had such a slump in the last five weeks it's it's it is actually hard to pin it all on the the loss of Simon Murray, I think there is way too much to it, but a part of it that I'm then concerned about, and I wonder what you guys maybe think of this as well, is something that we spoke about all season, is like squad depth, and I suppose we'll come on and talk about that when we come to look at what we think is going to happen this Friday against Hamilton, because I think we're going to all want to have some wholesale changes, but really what do we have? You've seen a couple of these substitutions that he made on Friday, Obviously, Savory did come off the 60th minute, um, so, as did Aaron Healy. So, Savory, who, you know, we all can't stress enough, has been one of the best players of the season for us. But he came off because he was having a bad game. But then not long after that, Coyle took Malboating off. Now, that's not something that you see happen. In fact, that's a, is that not only happened once this season, and that was when he got injured? Like, he, he never gets taken off. I don't know, do you think, is that Coyle trying to send a message at some point there? But then... What like 
is, is that perhaps just inherent of this classic line of we've gone too fast up the leagues? I'm not saying the Gretna nonsense, but like, you know, we've gone too fast up the leagues. Maybe some of the squad depth and things like that maybe hasn't kept up. And when things do fall away, you do need a plan B. And maybe we don't really have a plan B for some positions. I don't know if I would say it's necessarily Coyle trying to send a message. I think he was genuinely trying to change the game. I mean, um, I, I think Mal, since he took that knock, to be honest, hasn't been the same player. And it's uh, and, and that's been, you know, we were always frightened about what would happen if, if we lost him. And we've not lost him, but he's not he's not been himself for a few weeks now. And, and we've seen that his impact in the middle of the park and the way that we control the games is just like it's, it's deteriorated so much and, and we're struggling without that um, and I wasn't against, if I'm being completely honest with you, I wasn't against Coyle taking Savory and Healy off at the same time, 59th 60th minute or whatever it was but and and I hope this doesn't come across as too harsh but I have never had less confidence in Josh McPake and Henderson coming on at the same time to replace these guys, like, I, I, I didn't expect them to do anything because I don't think either of them are good enough to be coming on at this level when you're chasing a game and and actually contribute in 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 a meaningful way, unfortunately. So yeah, I guess we don't have that depth, but um, I mean, it, it wasn't stopping us earlier on in the season. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we we don't need depth if the starting guys, because these guys aren't like as far as I'm aware. Anyway, guys like Savory, he's he's not injured. Boateng, I don't know. Maybe there is a kind of. The, a, a lingering effect of that wee knock, or maybe if it's it's had a it's put a wee dent in his confidence or something, I don't know. Um, Thomas, he's he's not injured. You know, these guys aren't. It's not depth that we need. There, we just need them to turn up. Yeah, I think I think it's really difficult to sort of point to squad depth in this scenario because all these guys, and I, I agree with you, like about McPake and Henderson, right? They've not they've not shown enough across the amount of time that they've had to suggest that they're going to make a massive impact. But McPake, for example, spent a decent chunk of this season in the team when we were winning and was doing fine. And we've rotated players in quite a few positions throughout the season and again done fine because the system has been working. Like The whole system, the, the way the squad plays has been working. And to me, it just feels like there's something fundamentally not working with how the guys are approaching games at this point, they look scared. Like they, they genuinely, they look scared on the ball, and that was the biggest thing that we had over teams. It was like, okay, you're going to pressure. I know we've always done well again. I have done poorly against like some Morton and so on and so forth. But generally speaking, you're going to press us. We're going to pass around you, and we're going to get it forward and attack. And that's that's what's just fallen apart. And as soon as that falls apart with our squads. You mentioned Plan Bs, David. We don't, we don't have an effective Plan B. The like the the solution, aside from subbing out like for like players, is to go to two up front and flat four across the midfield, and it's done nothing at any point really. We had a tiny, tiny period um, near the beginning of the season where we played it for a few games and it was okay, and then we reverted back. But aside from that, we have done nothing basically when we switched to two up front. And that's where, trying to sort of move on from this game a wee bit maybe, but that, that's where looking ahead to Hamilton, I'm really keen for Coyle to try something fundamentally different because if nothing else, surely the guy's setting up in the exact same way that they've lost the last three games, made no chances, scored no goals. Surely setting up the exact same way has got to be a wee bit of a mental blocker, whereas at least if they have some form of different formation, 
Not sure what that is yet. Maybe we'll chat about that in a minute. But if they have a different setup for the future games, then at least they might think, okay, we're doing something different. We better have a different mindset towards it. I'm not sure, but surely we can go into this, the next game playing the exact same setup. I think yeah, I, I agree with I agree with all of that, Calum. And another actual um, another comment that I'd, that I'd like to make regarding depth is we still have we still have other guys on the bench that I would have seen on prior like a bit earlier on or, or before some of the changes that were made. I mean, why why didn't we bring why didn't you bring Jarrett on at any point, for example? Jarrett has has actually looked okay when he's come off the bench recently in what has been a, a really disappointing run of games. Um, and, and generally over the season, I, I've seen enough to say that I rate Patrick Jarrett. I think he's going to be a really good player. He's a young player that's still developing, but I think he has a, a bright future ahead of him. Why didn't he come off the bench? Do you know what I mean? You, you can't... I don't think you can question depth in these creative areas when you're leaving guys like that on the bench, to be honest with you. Yep, that's a, that's a fair point. And I was also a little bit confused at taking shields off for Williamson with like five minutes yeah. to go. Surely at that point, you just... You you make a change. You go two up front. You, you go three up front. I mean, we were already what three 0 down. I think at that point when Williamson came on, or we're about to go three 0 down at that point. Yeah, I don't know the system, the no plan B or something. I don't know that maybe as a a big concern. Hopefully, maybe we can put our heads together and come up with something as we say very shortly for the Hamilton game. But that's enough on the Partick Thistle game. Four 0 defeat. Um, a real shame all round. A man of the match. Vetoed, no doing it. No, no. <laughs> I, have, I have previous week I could give it to Cole Day because I thought he was uh, he was all right. He had he had pass marks, but I, honestly, everyone was was honking. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts or suggestions. Otherwise, I'm happy to give it to maybe everybody else for actually turning up for that game. I give it, have... give it to the fans in. Aye, well, <laughs> one man in the match to the entire fan base. There we go, that's fine. Listen, I it was a think... good support, by the way, for us. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was really good, and there was loads and loads of noise. Thistle fans had a good atmosphere going as well. Um, aye, just share about everything else. Right, there we go then. So if you're listening to us and you got the man of the match, well done. Well done for that, for being there and, and getting involved. And hopefully, aside from the football, having a good day out. But of course, going into Saturday, the rest of the championship games were on and, well, we're going to, of course, start by pointing out that Dundee could not take advantage. We, I don't know how many weeks we said, even with us getting a slump, we were playing all these Friday night games. Or if we win, that'll give us the advantage. Therefore, you'd expect the exact opposite. When we lose, that gives Dundee the advantage. They could only manage a 0-0 draw up at Gayfield. Ayr and Morton drawing 1-0. Hamilton and Cove drawing 1-0. And Inverness beating Wraith Rovers 2-0. So it leaves the league table looking like this. Now, we are finally no longer in first place by virtue of goal difference. Dundee have now overtaken us. And of course, they do have the game in hand, which kicks off in about two and a half hours or so as we are sitting recording this Tuesday evening. So hopefully Wraith can uh, do us a little favour there. But Dundee are now top of the league, 54 points, 31 games, and a goal difference of plus 22 we are also on 54 points, but of course, having played that game more for now, and our goal difference is plus 13. So it's quite a big lead that Dundee have there. Partick Thistle, now with this incredible run ever since Doolin came in, only that one defeat. Um, they are now three points behind us, uh, 51 points, and same amount of games played, and Ayr are on 50. So we're potentially, and when you look actually, 
before I go on, you're talking about Inverness in fifth on 45 points, Morton in sixth on 44. Fourth, fifth and sixth separated by five points. I mean, there's every chance that we actually, we slide down off first place. If we continue sliding down, we could actually even just be battling just for the to make the playoffs in the first place now. No, I don't. Don't, no, honestly. No, I, think, I mean, the chances of us not finishing in the top four is, is incredibly unrealistic at this point. And I, I know that the team is playing like a team that, that's at the bottom end of the table rather than at the top end, but it, it would take a, a hell of a um, turnaround by the teams in kind of fifth and sixth place and stuff to, to make that reality. The only trouble is, though, I mean... It's, it's all well and good going, oh, well, we're, we're not going to win the league anymore, but there's a massive, massive difference between finishing second and third. Obviously, third and fourth is pretty interchangeable, other than the fact that you get your home game first, I think, in the um, in the quarterfinal of the playoffs. But the fact is, nobody has ever been promoted from the championship by finishing third or fourth and, and, and going into the playoffs having to play three rounds rather than second. So... Um, if if you know we we still have any real ambitions of, of trying to make a go at at getting promoted with what we have left to go this season, then we still have to win. Ideally, probably two games in a draw or something like that. Three games, just depending on how fast we get on with their with their remaining fixtures. Um, quite incredibly, I mean, we are we are technically still in the fight for the league title. I mean, if if Rafe were to do us a wee favour tonight. And we then went on to win all of our games and, and hope that Dundee dropped points or whatever. I mean, it's I don't know. Um, the thing is, though, you know, we've if there's any game, and I realise that we have been exceptionally rubbish recently, right? But if there's any game that you want right now to maybe try and change a couple of things up, experiment a little, and get a bit of confidence back, it's against Hamilton because they're a team that we've scored a lot of goals against this season. Do you know what I mean? And if we can't do it against them. And we're not going to do it against anyone. And yes, we probably will finish third, probably maybe even fourth. Yeah, I'm. I'm not expecting Race to do us any favors. Uh, I know that. I know that Dundee slipped up a wee, a wee bit against our growth, but to all intents, our growth have been on really, really good form. I know a lot of their results recently have been draws, but they've been they've been decent as we've seen. Um, for me, the remaining games this season, I've kind of written off winning the league now that that's kind of out so of my absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. it's kind of out out my head i've i've accepted that our goal difference is rubbish now obviously if something did happen tonight then that opens it up again but for for me now it's try and get second place but even even if we do slip out of that it's actually just trying to get back to playing some decent football and run up to the playoffs see within the last couple of games see if we can have ourselves playing something resembling what we've been used to for the majority of this season, then I still think it gives us a chance. I know that's that is horrific about the third, fourth place and and whatnot, but you've always got a, an opportunity in these type of things. And we do have a good group of players, and I'm not convinced by whatever side from the SPL is going to be coming down. I'm not convinced that they're going to be world beaters. So I think there is an opportunity there for whoever ends up in that final, regardless of how you get there. But they just need to do something to try and pick up a wee bit of form because the the actual standard of the football is is terrible, and that's I think at this stage that's probably the most important thing because I almost don't think like the Hamilton game's a funny one, right? It's a wee bit of a for me, it's a wee bit of a no win scenario. See if you go out and you win that game one 0 and it's a really scrappy win, then to me that doesn't really change much at this point in terms of my outlook for the last few games of the season because. 
ultimately, if you're still playing rubbish football, when you come up against these last three games that we've got, you're going to be struggling. But if we go into that and there's a wee bit of a new shape or if he does stick with the same shape and you start to see the football again that we've seen for a lot more of this season, then that's a wee bit different. And you're like, okay, maybe maybe they will actually be able to take that into the following games and this isn't just the <laughs> the end per se. Um, so yeah, need to see something a wee bit more than uh, what we have been over the last while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. Um, just round off our sort of recap of the league standings, you get that battle for avoiding relegation and for trying to escape the playoff is, is still looking pretty good. Um, our both on 32 points, Hamilton on 29 points, Cove haven't played a game more than the two of them, 27. Um, still going to be, I suppose, interesting down there and, and it gives obviously Hamilton something to fight for this Friday as well, but we'll certainly, uh, we'll keep a little bit of an eye on that, but of course, yeah, we just need to see how we're going to get on and, and how we're going to improve. Um, Quick news roundup. I, there wasn't a Queen's Park women's game last week, so there's not one to report there. And for young QP, they played at uh, Livingston Reserves in the, the Reserve League during the week. It's a 3 1 defeat. Uh, Scott Williamson getting the goal for uh, the young Spiders there. And that does that. Let's just fire straight through. Let's get into the Hamilton game and let's see what we can come up with to try and get back on track. Now, just recap the league standards there. Of course, Hamilton second bottom, 29 points, and we are second top, 54 points from uh, 32 games for us, 31 games for Hamilton. Their last three games have been a 7-0 defeat to Dundee, beating Wraith Rovers 2-1, and of course that draw just there against Cove. Where do we start here? Um, are we? I suppose, are we all agreed that the, the formation or some kind of system needs to change? Are we... Are we going to go a wee bit Mike Bassett here and we're going to go 4-4 four, four, fucking 2 or, or what if you get something <laughs> if you get something else fancier you want to go with? Where, 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 do we all, where do we all stand here? Enzo, come to you first. Oh, I, it's a difficult one. Um, so see on going into the Thistle game I was desperate to see a change in shape but I, I'm also kind of aware that Hamilton are a very different beast from Partick Thistle and I, and I think it's possible that the same shape going into the Hamilton game, getting a few goals and, and just looking more confident and looking more like the team we were a month and a half, two months ago, that that might be enough to spur us on and, and get a couple of good results to kind of close out the season and, and start playing a wee bit better again. However, if we stick with the same shape and, and we don't, as Callum was saying, and, and things don't really kick off and, and we still look as though we're struggling and stuff like that, then we are just mentally, you know, it's just three very difficult games to to finish the season. I, I don't know. I'm 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 glad it's not my decision. I just uh, something needs to change, whether it's mental or whether it's the shape or, or whatever. I just uh, I, I I can't pinpoint at this at this stage what it is. I have I have a plan. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. So um, I'm changing it up a wee bit. So I'm putting Davidson back in for Oakley. Uh, I agree with that. I still think that they're relatively interchangeable between each other. I, I'm not, I think both of them have pretty obvious weak sides, but Oakley's offensive outputs kind of fell off a cliff and Davidson has that as well. So I'm putting Davidson back in. I'm having Kildee. I am putting, uh, I'm on the assumption that Fox, well, Fox will still be out, won't he? 
I'm actually for the Ham- for the purposes of the Hamilton game specifically, I'm putting Bannon back in because he's better on the ball. Uh, I realise he's not been anywhere near the first team for a significant period of time, but we are where we are. Uh, Robson at left back, so relatively sort of similar-ish back four. And then I'm going to a diamond in midfield, so I'm having Miles sitting at the back. Thomas and Savory sitting either out wide. And then behind the two strikers, I'm going to have Jack Thompson behind Shields and Williamson. And I'm going to ask the team when they insist on lumping balls up the pitch to lump it onto Thompson's head instead of our tiny, tiny strikers like we have been doing uh, the last few weeks for him to knock on to Shields and Williamson who can just run about and actually have a high press because we've seen it done to us so many times and it is killing us every single game. And I feel like with Shields, Williamson and Thompson, who we know has an absolute engine on him, I think that would give us something a wee bit different. And this isn't, like, I, I wouldn't want to have to pick this formation. This is, I realise, a, a wee bit makeshift. Um, but I don't know. That's the only sort of significantly different idea that I came up with. I wouldn't be too upset to see that. I wouldn't... Um... I think going two up front might be good because obviously one of the one of the main problems that that we've seen over the past few games is that when the other creative players are struggling and, and, and they're drifting out of the game a wee bit, we're seeing Shields try to get involved in the build-up play and move out wide himself, and and then there's nobody in the middle. So if you're playing Williamson up beside him, then then he's going to be in the middle when when and if Shields does that. Now, ideally, he wouldn't have to do that because the the guys behind them would be. Um, getting back into the swing of that amazing build-up play that we saw so many times this season that, that created so many opportunities and, and, and gave us the, the chance to score loads and loads of goals. But I think two up front, two up front is something that I I would be quite happy to see. Because the thing is, we did have some success playing two up front earlier on in the season and then we went in a wee poor run. We switched to this current formation and we pretty much stuck with us the whole way through good or bad and... and at this point, I don't think we can just brute force it and hope that everything clicks again. So uh, I'd be okay with that. The only one that slightly concerns me is the the Bannon one. Uh, not because I'm desperate to see Eze start, just because I don't, I don't know what to expect of Bannon since he hasn't really been heavily involved for a wee while in the first team. But um, can it, I mean, is he realistically, is he going to be any worse? I don't well, that's that's kind of my thinking. Yeah. Like, I'm we we have we try and play this passing brand of football, right? But Ezzy can't do that. And from what I've seen in the last few games as well, we seem to be missing out any play through our midfield and just going up the wings and trying to cut balls into the box. So that's why I want to put Jack Thompson a wee bit further up as well, rather than just having two guys sitting in midfield. Because you've seen it, you get the wingers up, uh, they they knock the ball down the wing, they run in a straight line. And then they're totally isolated because Jack and Mal are just sitting so far back right now. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Difficult. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I would be against having Bannon in, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think a couple of his best games this season, he's obviously only played a handful, but some of his best performances have been against Hamilton, whether it was in the league or it was particularly back at the beginning of the season in the... Uh, the Premier Sports Cup wasn't it that wee group stage, so I wouldn't be against that. I was actually while you were talking, I was trying to find 
if there was any kind of update on Charlie Fox and like how long he's out for with that red card, whether it was just a one-match ban or if it's multiple. But um, it appears that the SPFL website hasn't updated their suspension list since uh, January, which it's isn't rubbish. Really much used to anybody, it's is rubbish. it? Um, I was, I was trying to check it earlier on in the season as well, and, and yeah. it was... I don't know why they don't maintain it, and I don't know That's... if there's an alternative resource or whatever. But it's it's really really yeah. poorly managed. Uh, is, so I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure whether Charlie Fox is due to come back. It'd be great if maybe the club could confirm it as well, mind you. But um, yeah, I I wouldn't be against banning if Fox isn't available. Um, if Fox is available, I think he probably will come straight back in. To be perfectly honest, uh, for me, it's, I think I think four four two. I think you got Thompson and and Boateng in the middle. I'm I'm still with Davidson at right back. I, I agree with you there, Callum. Um. It's probably Dom Thomas because, again, although he's been off the boil himself recently, I, I just always have that trust in him that he will create something from nothing. Whereas I'm actually going to say that I'm the opposite with that on Grant Savory at this moment in time. Uh, I just feel he's so off the boil right now. And we've seen it earlier on in the season when he had that run when he was, mind you, was injured and he had that Stuckey on his wrist. Like he was off the boil and it just seemed like it took forever and ever and ever for him to get that confidence back. Right now, I'm not 100% it will come back in time for the end of the season. And I am also, like you said, Enzo, earlier on, I am a fan of Patrick Jarrett. So I would have Thompson, eh, sorry, Thomas and Jarrett left and right with Thompson and Mal in the middle. And give me two up front. Give me Connor Shields and Scott Williamson. And even if it is going to be hoofed up long to tiny strikers, well, see if we can keep Shields in the middle, or even with Williamson, Shields can maybe roam a little bit more. He'll have somebody in the middle to aim for. One one of Williamson's strongest features seems to be his pace and his ability to run through and to chase a loose ball and to put a pre- uh, put a defender under pressure. Maybe, maybe just maybe we'll use that. What else have we got to lose now? You know, it's definitely just going to be the same team, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> four five one, no changes or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my but that, concern. But then that is the thing. We that's just where the problem is because we know these. That's we know that these players are good enough to be dealing with Hamilton and to have dealt with the recent run of games better than they have. And that's just where our frustration is. Yes, we can suggest all these that you know we can suggest making subs here, there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but. Surely now, I mean, this is Owen Coyle's biggest test since he joined us just over a year ago. Now, um, he's certainly not had a run of three defeats, and he's not had a run of three games without goals. So, like, he's he's surely got to go into his bag of tricks and figure out something. And uh, I don't, I don't know what else, I don't know what else he's got to to give. I mean, it's, I wasn't, um, I don't, yeah, it's, it's it's a funny one. It is. I think it's a it's an interesting fixture to crop up at this point in time because as I was saying earlier, there is also if if what we're seeing right now and you, you mentioned it earlier on, if if it's mental, then maybe playing that team that again, you know, we, we've seen a lot of success with this formation, even with these same players, even post Simon Murray, we we won a few games, we we saw some really good performances, and maybe all it would take was putting them, you know, those same guys out on the park and then scoring two or three against Hamilton and looking a bit more like themselves and, and it might click for them again. So like I, I would also understand the logic behind sticking with that. Do you know what I mean? But I, I sort of think that's the easy way out at this point and and 
maybe it's a bit riskier to try something else, but also I also think there's a potentially higher reward as well if that pays off. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what he um, to see what he comes up with. But I totally agree with you. This is this is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, tests since uh, since since Coyle joined us because it's the the poorest run of form that we've been on. You know, it's we haven't gone three games without the um, without a win or, or sorry, we haven't lost three games in our own. We haven't gone three games in a row without scoring a goal since the, the season prior to, to actually going professional. So it's uh I it's, it's, it's a tricky one for him. I just I, I, I really hope he can he can figure something out and, and get back on track. Well we just go ahead and make our predictions here aye, then. Aye. Yeah, let's get it over with. Um I'm looking at the season's results against uh, Hamilton. Obviously there was a one all draw in the League Cup, but in the league, two 0 win, four 0 win, four one win. So, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty good results. Certainly in the league, 10 goals scored and only one conceded. So, I'm, I don't feel it right now, but I'm going to go positive. I'm going to go big. I'm just going to go give me the 4-0 again that we did. <laughs> we, we did it at Hamden, but something's got to happen. And it's either, go, surely it's either going to be that we get we get right back to it for, and, and score put another four past Hamilton as we have done the last two times we've played them, or it's going to be a defeat. So it's it's, it's, it's something like that. It's, it's the only options. So give me the give me the positive. Give me the four 0 Give me, um. Let's see what was my lineup again. Give me Dom Thomas. Now we'll give me Shields to score first. Dom Thomas, Patrick Jarrett, and uh, Scott Williamson. I'd be very very happy if that happened on many levels from the team changes to who scores and all of the above. Um, all right, cool. Uh, I'm going to go for 2 0 Queens and I'll have uh, ooh, Shields and Jack Thompson. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know if we're going to necessarily get a clean sheet, to be honest with you, because that's looked fairly unlikely for a, for a number of weeks now. But I could see his turning the, the, the goal tap on again. So I'm going to go 5 1. 5 1 Queens. 5 1. Okay. Why uh, not? Who's, Listen, who's your you, 5? You, you need to go all out at this point because the alternative is me predicting that we lose to Hamilton, and that's absolutely not going to happen at this stage. No, of the season, I, so. I agree. Um, we need uh, we need Queens to start winning, by the way, David, for us to uh, catch up oh, on Enzo because as far as. I, the, far as the standings go, I know it's been so many weeks since I've actually read out the points because we've no, uh, obviously we're not going to predict us losing. So Enzo, you've got 32, David, you have 29 and I have 31. So that it's one one week's worth of of uh, swing results and it's, it's it's there for the taking. Aye. I definitely um, need a, a good result here, yeah. <laughs> um, so my goal scorers, I don't think I, I didn't tell you them, did I? I'm going to go with... Nope. Uh, Shields is going to pick up a couple. Thompson, Savory, and Tommy Robson. Nice. Okay, cool. Excellent. So, obviously, there are a lot of championship games this weekend. This evening, on Tuesday, you've got Dundee Wraith, Inverness Arbroath, and Morton against Hamilton. So, I suppose we'll also keep an eye out there and see how they get on this evening. And then, of course, this weekend, you've got Cove against Inverness, Dundee Morton, Partick Thistle Air, Wraith Arbroath. Um, 
we always were trying to look out for oh who do we want to take points off who but do we <laughs> we're, we're all kind of resigned to it now so i suppose we want a, a thistle air draw and yeah. dundee yeah. would you would you be wanting dundee to be beating morton just to keep Morton, no. really no. eliminate them. Absolutely. No, you want no. Morton. That's okay. insane. What are you talking about? No, that's well, wild. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking down. I'm Morton are at ten points behind us. That would be it's no. Not man. That's nah. That's so, not happening. Okay. Nah, it's not. So I want Dundee to lose every single game between now and the end of the season, and and hope that we can somehow scrape our way back in. Um, it's it's incredibly unrealistic, but like it's. There aren't that many games left. We're not that, you know, we're still in the same points as them. Yes, they, they play tonight. Um, but I, I still want them to lose at every given opportunity at this stage. Thistle and air, a draw, aye, that's probably ideal, to be honest with you. Or just not Thistle winning. Um, air winning would be better than, than than Thistle winning. Although air have just been so hot and cold, so reliant on one player. And it's, uh, they're, they're, they're quite, a, quite a strange team these days. Um, Hamilton playing tonight is another one of the reasons why... I think that we, we might actually do what I predicted, like, the, you know, quite a few goals because they're going to be tired, you know, Tuesday, then Friday. That's not much recovery time. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's yeah. the, is our game on TV or is there just no Friday night game on the TV? Yeah, this it's, week? it's, it's a, a Friday at Oakleview, you know, it's not on the telly. We're right, on the telly just no there. And, on. Interesting. And, no, that's right. Yeah, they're all Saturday kickers. There's no Friday games here, but then we're on the telly next Friday when we go to um, Somerset to take on air then. So, yeah. Not this weekend. Don't know why there's none this weekend. It's a shame. Do actually always enjoy the Friday night telly games um, when we're not playing on a Friday <laughs> to actually sit in and watch them, but... Uh, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see I don't see many particular favours coming our way to be honest. I think Dundee will win against Wraith. I think yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll 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 go in with hope. Well that's Fingers hope crossed. Crossed. yeah. Exactly. Mine's mine's is fading pretty quickly, mind you. At least you two have still got it. Um I don't. I don't um, honestly. I'm just I'm just I'm trying to be incredibly optimistic for the for conversational sake, to be honest with you. <laughs> It makes for well, a more uh, interesting, interesting chat. But if I'm being honest with you, I, I, I think there's about a zero point zero one percent chance of us winning the league at this stage. Um, I just I can't see it happening. And and if I'm you know I'm expecting us to drop down about third realistically. But yeah, hey, who knows? Well, I do think we have been pretty good on the optimistic front, given that runner form that we're in this week. So um, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. Look ahead to this Friday and fingers crossed we finally get back on track and stick in this race until the very end. So, for now then, Calvin Enzo, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you if you are listening this week. You're, you're an absolute star. You were man of the match. And are you week. okay? <laughs> are you okay? Please feel free to drop us a DM if you need it. We are here. We will support each other through this. Let us tell you that. Um, find us on Twitter at Spiders Talk Pod. Find us on Pie and Bovril. And all the threads relating to Queen's Park, not including the top league, you know, probably we'll be dipping in and out at Partick Thistle thread, Dundee threads. If we're going to go down, we might as well go out in a ball of flames, eh? so you might as well find us there as well. But thank you once again for listening, and we will hopefully see you all here next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening. But then the castle of Dendy 